to kick this podcast off, I'm going to say a word, and I want you to record either in your head or on a piece of paper the first thoughts that come to mind. So here's the word, evangelism. So take a second and think about what comes to mind as you ponder the word evangelism. If we were in a live setting, I would now take some time to ask you some of the things that come to mind, but for now, I'll just have to guess, and you can tell me next time you see me whether or not I'm right or wrong or if there's anything else that you thought of. However, my guess is that some people will say, in one way or another, pretty simply and accurately, that evangelism is telling others about Jesus, or you might say sharing the gospel, and that certainly is true. Uh, Some people might have thought about evangelism as the events that we do as a church, like VBS, um, Easter egg hunting, or fall festival that we put on each year. And you might have even thought of the, the team that we have at church called the Outreach Team. And all these things that we do are ways in which we invite the community to come to us with the hopes that they will either start coming to church here or hear the gospel while they're here. And I imagine that some people, when they heard the word evangelism, began to think of the work of vocational missionaries in overseas context, or perhaps big stages with great evangelists like Billy Graham. And each of these are ways in which evangelism is accomplished. However, today I want us to consider evangelism not only as something that we do corporately as a church, or not just something that missionaries do overseas, or not just something that evangelists do on big stages, but rather I want us to think about evangelism as a spiritual discipline that every believer is called to participate in. To accomplish this goal, for us to consider evangelism as a spiritual discipline and for us to take it up and devote ourselves to its practice, I think there are two major mindset shifts that we have to make, two ways that we have to redefine evangelism before we can go any further. The first mindset shift that we have to make is that we have to view evangelism as a spiritual discipline instead of a spiritual gift. Many Christians think that the work of spreading the gospel, that is, telling others about Jesus, is a good thing, something that we should do, but not something that they themselves are called to do. Or they might even say something that they themselves are not gifted to do. But the truth is is that Jesus commanded and expected that we would do the work of evangelism. Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20 say, also known as the Great Commission, says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And hear what he says in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So while these commands were given to the apostles, they were not only intended for them. By the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and God's providence, these words are here in our Bibles today, and they are for any follower of Jesus, not just the first apostles. If you think about it, For the goal of this command to be accomplished, for the goal of the gospel to reach all nations and to reach the ends of the earth, it has to be relayed and expected to other believers. If the church only went as far as the first 12 apostles could take it, then it wouldn't have gotten very far. But because the command to be a witness for Jesus applies to all Christians in all contexts, the gospel then 
was able to spread and is still spreading to the ends of the earth. So by saying we have to view evangelism as a spiritual discipline instead of a spiritual gift, what I want to impress on you is that every Christian, regardless of what spiritual gifts they may have, regardless of what personality traits you may have, you call to serve or call to share the gospel, to evangelize, to be a witness for Jesus. Alternatively, another way that we could have said this particular mindset shift would be to say we need to see evangelism as a way of living and not a vocation. There are a few minority Christians who God will call to be vocational missionaries. I say minority because it is very few of those who will actually be called to do vocational missions or vocational evangelism. But all Christians have been called to be a witness. Now, we do this in many different ways. Your natural-born qualities or your spirit-given gifts will impact the way that you evangelize. For example, some people are good at talking to total strangers about the gospel, while other people may be better at sharing the gospel with people they already know or people they have a good relationship with. Some people may can do this better in a group setting, like going and and visiting, for example, uh, prisons or jails to speak with men or women uh, in those environments, or some people may be better at evangelizing one-on-one. Also, you can use the circumstances that God has put you in and the gifts that you have to create relationships in which you can share the gospel. And so evangelism may and will look different for different people, but all Christians should share the gospel. So the first shift that we have to make is that we have to see evangelism as a spiritual discipline for all believers and not just a spiritual gift given to a select few. The second mindset shift that we have to make is that we have to be willing to think of evangelism as a personal discipline rather than a church function or program. So we have determined evangelism is in fact a discipline, and we'll now see that it is a personal discipline. Now don't get me wrong, there is a lot of good evangelism that can happen at church, and it can happen through church functions. But we cannot solely think of evangelism as a responsibility of the local church. First and foremost, evangelism needs to be done from person to person. And I had this mindset growing up. I thought that if I could just bring my unsaved friends to church, then they could hear the gospel and believe. And looking back, that sounds silly because I myself knew the gospel and I knew how to communicate the gospel. But instead of just telling my friends the the good news myself, I thought somehow that it would be better coming from a pastor who they were a complete stranger to. And I think many Christians still think this way. We think that if we can just bring someone to church, then the professionals can tell them the gospel. But how much more would they listen to it if it came from you, a friend who knows them, who loves them, who cares about them? And think, we would never do this with any other form of good news. If you just found out right now, for example, that they're giving away free Chick-fil-A sandwiches all day tomorrow, you would likely text and call your friends and family and tell them directly. And that's what I would do. I start texting people that I know and say, hey, there's Chick-fil-A sandwiches tomorrow. I know you like Chick-fil-A. Go and get you a free one tomorrow. You certainly wouldn't say, hey, there is some good news that I know that, that you need to hear. 
but I'd rather you hear it from someone else. You wouldn't say, hey, come up here with me to uh, Chick-fil-A's corporate office. The manager there has something to tell you about Chick-fil-A. No, you, you wouldn't do that. That sounds, that sounds crazy. Instead, you would tell them the good news that you knew yourself. So, How much more then should we be willing to tell our lost friends and family about Jesus? Yes, bring them to church if they're willing to come. By all means, do that. Let them be surrounded by uh, Christians and, and to hear and to see uh, the witness and testimony of other believers. But tell them about Jesus yourself. Listen to how Paul describes the responsibility of vocational ministers compared to the responsibility of all Christians. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 and 12 say, And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. Notice he doesn't say, He gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to do the ministry. No, he says, he gave them to equip the saints for the work of ministry. So who then does the ministry of the church? The saints. That is, the believers in the church. So it's not just the pastors who are the primary ministry workers of the church. It is uh, the pastors are alongside the saints doing the work. The, The pastors equip the saints, but the saints are the ones who are working and doing the work of the ministry. So evangelism isn't simply bringing people to a place to hear the word. Rather, it's you and me as spirit-filled believers sharing the good news of Jesus with others. If you want a little more detailed definition, here is how Donald Whitney, Donald Whitney um, defines it. He says that evangelism is presenting Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit to sinful people in order that they may come to put their trust in God through Him, to receive Him as their Savior, and to serve Him as their King in the fellowship of His church. That, of course, is a lot wordier way of saying sharing the good news of Jesus with others, or simply put, communicating the gospel. So now that we have set the stage for the mindset that we need to have about evangelism, I want to think about for a moment the practical side of evangelism. Because it's easy to say that we need to share the gospel, but it is so much easier said than done. So I want to walk through some tips or strategies for sharing the gospel with others. First and, and foremost, rely on the power of the Spirit. In the verse that we read a moment ago in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, before Jesus says that they are to be His witnesses, He says that they will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon them. So, one of the most important things that we can remember when sharing the gospel is that we're not sharing it in our own power, and we're not sharing it alone. We share the gospel alongside the transforming power of the Holy Spirit. God alone can save. We simply are messengers. The Spirit does the work in someone's lives. And that takes a lot of the pressure off of ourselves as we try to share the gospel. We need to be able to to accurately articulate the gospel. That's the next thing we'll talk about. But we ultimately rely on the power of the Spirit to do the work of salvation and to open someone's heart to hear the things that we have to say. So number one, rely on the power of the Spirit. Number two, learn some methods for sharing the gospel. So even though the work of salvation as we just said, it's completely the work of God. It comes through the, through the Spirit. 
People come to faith by hearing the truth of His Word. They have to hear it. So then it's important that we as believers are able to articulate the gospel. With that being said, there are several easy-to-remember methods to sharing the gospel. I'll mention a couple here, and I'll leave with you a couple links for more information about these methods in the description of this podcast. But these can be really helpful. One method is called the three circles method. And this is simply just a diagram that you can draw out on a napkin in just a few minutes and can effectively show God's perfect plan, the brokenness that sin caused and how Jesus came to restore uh, us to our relationship with God. Another method, you, I'm sure you're probably familiar with this, is like the Romans road to salvation. And through, through five different passages in Romans, you can show someone how sin has separated us from God. And now, even though we were sinners, God sent Jesus to die for us. And there are many more other methods like that that we can learn to accurately demonstrate or to accurately proclaim the gospel of Jesus. And while these types of encounters may not happen often, it is helpful to know how to quickly and accurately share the gospel with someone, how to show someone the gospel. And I know that that the majority of the witnessing that we're going to do is going to be either with a friend or a family member. And so when you're doing that, you're not going to pull out a napkin and walk through uh, a diagram, or you're not going to just walk through maybe specific passages in Romans. You're going to have much longer and more deep conversations about the gospel. But even then, in those circumstances, if we know these other methods, if we can can memorize some of these methods, then we'll be better able to articulate the gospel even if we aren't using them directly. We will know how to say the truth of the gospel in a way that is plain and accurate and that has uh, power in doing so. So number one, we need to rely on the the power of the Spirit. And number two, we also need to to know how to accurately uh, proclaim the gospel, how to um, accurately teach someone uh, the way in which to have a saving uh, belief in God. So we need to learn some methods to share in the gospel. And the last thing that I want to mention is that we need to live life intentionally. And what I mean by this is that we have to live in a way that makes us available to be used by God. It means that we have to be intentional about cultivating relationships with lost people for the purpose of sharing the gospel with them. We have to invest in their lives, learn their names, their kids' names, their hobbies, how they think about life and what they think about God. And this sometimes takes time. It's, it's an investment. But oftentimes it's through these types of relationships that lost people come to saving faith with the Lord. So I would encourage you to think about the ways that you could live life more intentionally for the purpose of sharing the gospel. Is there a coworker that you could invite to lunch? Is there a classmate that you could befriend? Is there a neighbor that you could invite into your home for a meal? The truth is, is there are many people out there who need to hear the gospel. Jesus said, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. So the question is, will you be a laborer for Christ? There are, of course, tons more to be said and learned about evangelism. My primary goal in in this podcast was just to show that it is indeed a spiritual discipline and to encourage you to take steps in the direction of putting that discipline to practice. I'm going to include a few links below the description that will hopefully provide you with more reading on the subject if you wish to study it more. Along with that will be links to a couple of the evangelism methods that I mentioned a minute ago. Thank you for listening. 
And now that we have discussed evangelism, join me next week as we talk about discipleship. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Henderson Baptist Church. If you'd like more information about our church, you can visit us on Facebook or check out our website, hendersonbaptist.org.